Clint, week four. Week four. Actually, you know what? I'm going to let this run just a little longer. Welcome in, listeners. Welcome to week four. Tigers are 3 0. Tigers are 3 0. DJ, Josh Hines in the house. Man. Always good music. Been a while. Always good music you're bringing in. I love that. This week is flying again. I mean, we're going to be through September, middle of September here. September's a great month. Um, it's my birthday month, so Ooh, we're right up against point. it. But Tipton Tigers, ah, three and zero. I a mean, three and zero football team. Last time we were three and zero, two thousand eighteen. Yep. So we're yep. looking at a little ways ago, as we've talked about. Um, last time we were four and zero, which is what we're shooting for this year or for this week, was two thousand twelve. Okay, I was going to ask you that. I didn't yeah. know that coming in. Two thousand twelve. Okay. So that was way back. Unfortunately, that team ended up five and five, so I ended up winning one more game. Nice. Hopefully, that's not the case. But um, yeah, it's been a while since we've had this kind of success early on in the season. Again, I think this is one of those teams you're going to see that stays hungry. Uh, I don't think we're going to be satisfied Absolutely. with three wins. I know in 2018 that team also went they went six and three. Yep. I believe that team went. So, again, there's a lot to look forward to with this team. And, God, they've been fun to watch so far. They sure have. And, and records are great. But I think at the end of the day, you're, you're really trying to set yourself up for to make a playoff run, get in the playoffs to start. And then, essentially, you want to you go as far as you can in the playoffs and try to make it to state, which That's, is something that Tipton hasn't done since the state playoffs started. Right. And just like any sport, you want to peak near the postseason, right? You want to peak near the end of the season. And so – I don't want to ever call this our peak. It's fun to start 3-0, and but there's a lot of work left to do. Yeah, so year. I'm sure Coach Nerd talked to him about this, but those three games, as fun as they were, as exciting as it was for the fans to have that little little run that we did, mm-hmm. 3-0, and those games were absolutely, positively meaningless in the whole scheme of things. No, um, no district wins. No district still, wins. We're still winless in the district. We're 3-0, the and but the district starts this week. These are the games that matter. Absolutely. There's six teams yep. in our district. They take the top four for the playoffs, for those of you that don't know. So, really, we're trying to make top four. But if you are fourth, you have to play the first-ranked team in another district. So, right. the goal is to get that first or second slot in the district. And uh, that way you can get a nice first-round uh, opponent, maybe a home game, and see what happens from there. So Absolutely, absolutely. Don't go in, you know, another three to four wins. I think we get us in that top, to, top one to two spot in our district. Yeah, so, I mean – it starts this week, another home game, which is exciting. I felt like the fans came out. It yes. was an exciting atmosphere. You can tell they were into it. Um, and why wouldn't you be when we have a top eight scoring offense in 2A? That's amazing. Yeah. I get it. I just, I'm learning these stats as I, as I come here this evening. That's a great stat. Yeah. For our offense, this offense who has been – Could not put points on Yeah, us. fairly stagnant over the last couple of years to be a top eight scoring offense in 2A. That's – and something we're going to talk about more, but our defense is playing about as lights out as I've seen a defense play. Um, we're giving up on average five points a game, <laughs> which is top three in the two. I didn't know if there was other teams that were giving up less, but there is. Um, that's fantastic. So I think if you if you were to look back at our last couple of podcasts, I think that's where we have been wrong. Is And I know with Vinton Shellsburg, I was pretty positive they will score on us, but I thought we had the ability to outscore them. I thought the exact same thing last week. I thought we would be scored on, but we had the ability to outscore them with the potent offense. I, I think the thing that's 
surprised me the last the most in the last two weeks has been that defense and how stable we I mean we have been stalwarts on D. It's been fun. Now, not to pour any water on the successful start, but the teams that uh, that we did beat are combined zero and nine. They have not <laughs> had a victory since since playing us. Um, I like so to we do have that, to take that for, for I, a grain of salt. I like to think that's because we demoralized them early, <laughs> and they just that is certainly could they, be the they case. never have that confidence to <laughs> win another one. So, <laughs> but with that, um, they do they do look at it with a power ranking. Um, so each week, varsity bound comes with a power ranking. They take your strength of schedule. They take your record. They take how much you scored, how much you've given up. We are currently 13th in 2A in the power ranking. That's great. So, um, That's great. I, again, lot, lot to hang our hat on. Like I said, the 0-9 thing with our opponents, um, it is, it's a stat that I think has to be said because we haven't played the world's best competition. But at the same time, we've dominated yeah. this competition. So it's not like we're eking by these, these three wins. We've we've been we've been pretty impressive in these three wins. Absolutely, the last three weeks. Yeah, it has been. And so let's jump into it. I mean, the Mount Pleasant game, um, beautiful evening for football. I mean, it, it actually was kind of that kind of it was hot during the day and it got cool cool at night. Maybe a little sweatshirt. The players had to be loving that. I mean, it, it is perfect, perfect football weather. Perfect. And uh, I'll tell you, like the, the the tailgate beforehand at Red Pin, I guess. Fans stayed there until late at night. I saw Double Bogies put out a post that said that they had people there super late, too. I think the town was just ready for some football on mm-hmm. Friday night and uh, came out and supported and got just to watch a great game. you got to love that, and I think uh, it was a good game. I mean, we, we pretty much did everything we talked about. When I saw them warming up, size-wise, it was just like the previous two weeks where you look at them and you're thinking – yeah. I get it. They're not a great team, but boy, they're big kids. Mm-hmm. And these, even if they can't do much, they're still going to move us because they're just larger human beings. And they were yeah. big. And I, it was the same thing we saw, at, like you said, at Vinton Shellsburg. We thought we would see that. And that offensive line, yeah, if you just were that out there for warm-ups, you might be a little bit intimidated. Yeah. Uh, but just always happy to see our guys come out and ready to hit, and they did Friday. Yeah, so Mount Pleasant, you look at it from an offensive standpoint, we kind of knew from looking at tape, they were kind of a, a two-man show. They were yeah. the fullback and the running back. They like to hand it off. Um, they had an injury to the quarterback, which pushed the fullback um, up to quarterback. Yeah. And maybe that was that actually maybe hurt us a little bit because their quarterback, he the, the guy that came in, number, I think it was number two, two. Yep. he was a strong runner. Um, Very. But they, they only averaged, I think, 3.1 yards per carry against us they had 78 or excuse me 87 yards of total rushing offense on 28 carries yeah. they could not get anything going no Jariah, i can't think of the guy's name i know his first name is Jariah. number one big kid he's fast and we just bottled him up all night and, and again we were we were worried about the fact that they, they were going to run between the tackles he was a super strong runner on film the week before you had watched him and and this kid was going to move piles we talked about having to Bring the pads, bring your legs. You gotta, you gotta hit these guys. Um, our, our interior was, was strong, and we just didn't allow a whole heck of a lot. And like you said, they never got that big, chunk play, yeah. um, until the very end. You know, they had some garbage points, you know, at the end. But there was never that really big chunk play where we gave up 20, 30 yards. Um, when they did sustain the drive, it was, it was short little four, five, six yard pushes. Um, and we just uh, that saves football games for us. We're not we're not giving them a big play. A lot of gang tackles. I, I just felt like 
we were not allowing them to get that head of steam. You know, when he did get a head of steam, um, the kickoff return, he took to the house, had a holding call, brought it back, or a clip, I can't remember which one yep. it was. Thank goodness. Um, brought yeah. that back. That was a big call for us to bring him back. He did have a big, long, I think it was like a 66-yard yep. reception for a touchdown. Yep. So, like I said, you let him get out in space, and oh. our D-backs, it was a tough ask for them to take him down the open field. So, we did a great job at the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Griffin Naderman, or Griffin Ornsby, um, I thought did a fantastic job containing him, uh-huh. keeping him at the line of scrimmage, and then letting us gang tackle him. And we put him in a lot of third and long situations where they were forced to mm-hmm. do stuff that they don't want to do, which is passing. And you could tell with their quarterback out, they just weren't planning on doing that the whole game. Absolutely not. And, and like you said, it probably hurt us a little bit <laughs> that quarterback go out because uh, their fullback was a, was a pretty solid runner. But I couldn't agree with you more. I think our our defense did what we needed them and wanted them to do, and that is make piles at the line. Uh, we made them try to bounce stuff, and honestly, we have really good ends uh, right now between Peyton Kroc and, and Jacob Bodeker, and um, we don't let a lot hit our edges. And mm-hmm. we keep stuff in the middle. We're a really, really hard team to beat. So def- defensively, like I said, we we just basically dominated that game. We gave up the one touchdown uh, reception. Besides that, there was just nothing. There's nothing to even really talk about because it was just a complete team effort. Yep. Did a phenomenal job. Um, so moving over to the offensive side of the ball, obviously the big news coming into the game, um, found out earlier in the week, obviously the podcast we didn't know. Um, Aiden Boston, unfortunately, did rupture his ACL, tore his ACL, um, out for the year. Out for the year. Unfortunately. Um, feel just terrible for his family, for him personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, again, Aiden is a fantastic quarterback. I just, I hope we get a quick heal. We do a lot of good rehab with it because I expect a massive senior year out of Aiden Boston next year. So, um, that yeah, horrible, horrible that he went down. Uh, again, it is football though. Next man in mentality, and and my God, Ian did a fantastic job in relief. Uh, I know uh, from personal experience, I tore my ACL my junior year. Um, know the exact feeling. I was in basketball, Ugh. preseason of basketball. So I did have my, my uh, junior year of football, but tore it. And it's just so deflating because you put so much work into it. I know how much he loves the game and how much he's worked for the season and is having a phenomenal start. Right. And to, to tear your ACL and know that you're out for that whole year, that there's no recovery. Basically, recovery is next year right um it, it's, it's just such a long it's a shocking on the beginning but and, and again i will say with the amount of of ball i have played i've been around a ton of those injuries uh, between acl and mcl injuries and you know all i can say to them is you do come back and you actually a lot of times come back that knee is stronger than it was before it actually is and so it's it. It, it's easy to think that this is you know this is kind of the end for now but it is one of those things that he will come back. He'll come back stronger. Uh, I think, like I said, I expect a massive senior year out of Aiden. I agree. And, you know, my recommendation to him since I've gone through it basically is, you know, he's obviously going to be there to support the team. He's at the practices. Those are great. I think the big thing for him is he needs to use this time off and essentially he needs to dive in deep into the film, help the team. He needs to be sure. a, basically an assistant coach. Absolutely. And what's going to happen is as he dives into the film and starts – starts using the film and looking for tendencies and what would I do, where would I throw this, he's going to be able to help Ian and, and whoever's quarterback spot with seeing those reads, what a D-back likes yep. to do in those situations. 
He needs to write up reports each week as if he's the quarterback, and it's only going to help him for next year. I was going to say, guess what? We're going to play all these same teams next year. Exactly. And so he's watching film on these teams this year. A lot of times, same coaching staff, some of the same personnel on the field. Uh, any film he watches this year and tendencies he sees this year will likely be there next year as well. Totally agree. So thoughts were with him, but uh, obviously the game moves on, and it yep. did. Ian Spangler came in at quarterback in relief. Um, thought he played a super game. Super good game oh, with both passing and, and running. Uh, he was 12 for 26. like to see that um, well, completion percentage a little higher, but right. he'll get that down as he kind of gets comfortable. But those 12 completions were nice, 123 yards, had that touchdown pass to, to Naderman, who now has four touchdowns on the year. Right. He is tied. I think he's second in two-way for touchdown catches. Oh, so. my God. Remember, so, just 10, going. 10. Dustin 10, Moore. 10, Dustin Moore's got it. So just keep <laughs> Keep catching them one, one or two a game, Griffin, and it's all yours. Um, you know, I think the big thing with Ian, he's he came in as a running back, and he showed it with his legs. 12 rushes, 115 yards, oh, the big two touchdowns. Was, the, the dual threat that Ian brings is, you know, that's his weapon. Um, but his passing, it's funny, when Ian gets out of the pocket, he's such a great passer. Yep. The times he usually misses on those in, when he tries to pocket pass. Um the beauty of Ian when he does pass and his misses or misses are usually low, which don't usually get picked off, which yeah. is nice. <laughs> yeah. So you'll notice on those stats, no interceptions either. So he might have missed some passes, but he didn't make any stupid throws either that put us in a bad situation, that put our defense in a bad situation. So, um, again, what, what Ian did Friday night is exactly what we needed him to do. Yep. And his footwork, a lot of his short throws or overthrows, again, it's a footwork thing. It's harder to throw on the run than it is to sit in the pocket. Ian's not used to sitting in the pocket, having mm-hmm. a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. He needs to be patient back there. Yeah. Let the let the defense come to him, move around in the pocket. If it's not there, then you escape. Yeah. I felt like a couple times he was leaving the minute he felt pressure coming his way, which is good because he can get out of the pocket and still throw. Um, moving forward, we're going to need to see a little more patience yeah. um, and wait for those receivers to develop and, and kind of sidestep those defenders and sit up it's in nice. the pocket, step up a little bit. In the Absolutely. Pocket is what we're looking for. It's nice. He seldom takes a negative play, which is exactly with, yeah. with Ian. And so he had that big run to start the game um, on the first drive. Guys down to like, I think he was going to score, and he kind of got bottlenecked there and got yep. tripped up at the five, but we ended up scoring either way. So yeah, passed a big Nader. touchdown to that start. Was, yep. Griffin's touchdown. Great pass. start from the game. Um, he's one of my players of the game. Absolutely. Um, second one, I, I we haven't really talked too much about him, but he played a phenomenal game, has played great all year. Um, Preston Dabo. Oh, my God. Preston Preston came out on Friday night um, on both sides of the ball. Played an insanely good football game. Four catches, only 20 yards, but they were big catches. He's yep. got great hands. In previous games, you know, he's had some – he's laid out for some amazing, amazing catches. Yeah, the, again, I can go back to Wise and Muscatine. That one diving catch oh, he made that was called back by a penalty, that was one of the better catches I've seen in a high school ball. He's got phenomenal hands, great athlete. He had three and a half tackles back in the safety spot. Two picks. Two picks. Big two picks. Um, I think they realized we just can't throw the ball after, after the second pick. Or after the first pick, and they, they didn't really throw much after that. <laughs> right, right. And he, uh, I think he took out the quarterback. I was going to say, he's the guy that... Preston Daylow <laughs> took out a quarterback. <laughs> Who would have thought that three or four years ago, <laughs> right. that, that Preston's going to knock someone out. But That was that was like my favorite part. He got a penalty. It was my favorite. Right? Did he? Was that penalized? I'm pretty sure it was penalized. Oh my God. So, that was my favorite stat, non-stat of the game, is that Preston, Preston Daylow's the... The reason our quarterback uh, didn't play the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. So I was, and again, on a hard hit, and 
doing his job. But again, coming from a safety position to do his job, which uh, again is always. Well, the fact we haven't really talked about Preston shows us the number of weapons we have. Absolutely. And I think if we can get him more involved in the passing game, it just puts that much more pressure because you know attention's moving towards Naderman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Zach Ben's had a catch. Mm-hmm. You've got Landon out of the backfield that's catching balls now too. Right. It just puts a lot of pressure. Um, and, and really, we haven't seen some of the other folks um, no, just because we haven't had to. Really. Uh, again, you look at Barton. I think Barton had like three or four catches last Friday as well. So, yeah, and it goes back to the fact that I thought teams would score on us because I was unsure about our defense, but I thought we could outscore these teams. Yep. Realistically, it came back to the fact that no one's outscoring us, but we still have all these weapons on offense. So, again, we're winning 35-7, to seven and we're, we're really putting points on the board. So it kind of brings me to my player of the game, which would be Landon Hollow. Uh, Landon, 27 carries for 126 yards. And, again, this is what I – Two touchdowns, too. Two touchdowns, and he had a pick. Um, Doing it all. Again, this is something that I wanted to see out of Landon because he's just got the, the the body style, the build, the durability. He's put on enough muscle that he can take these that many hits. He can take 27 carries. Um, but, again, it's very much, a, you know, Landon calling for the ball. It's a Polly wants a cracker thing. Like – he wants the ball. Let's get him the ball. Um, and he showed that he can handle that type of game, that type of endurance in a game on Friday night. He was fun to watch. Um, I think he's he's also fun to watch when he gets really excited and pumped up. And you could tell he was pretty pumped up on Friday night. So uh, what? how many yards did I say? 126. 126 yards. So he's our leading rusher. Ian was right behind him at 115. Um, I, I think of what are our total rushing yards? I mean, we had to be two, two thirty-three and four touchdowns rushing. So that that's, is, that's phenomenal. That is, again, the, the, the times I've been at Tipton now, what seven years, I don't feel like I've seen rushing totals like that. Um, I love the fact that we're handing the ball off. That we're uh, that we're you tr- did be, before we ran switched our offense to a, <laughs> a, an actual passing. Offense. That's true. Um, there was a there's a time it's, there where we didn't pass. So. That's true. There was, like, there was like three game span where we never threw the ball. I think <laughs> I remember that. But the fact that we're demoralizing defensive lines, we're getting great push on the offensive line, which again we should mention, if we're rushing for four touchdowns over 250 yards, the offensive line is doing their job. And uh, again, it's that's the unsung position. I get that. But I'll tell you what, the offensive line has played really, really nice last three years. I think the great thing about it is we've, we've kind of, com- except for the Vinton Shellsburg, we've had command pretty much of the game from the very start and sure. got up early on these teams. And I don't think Coach Nord, at least on offense, has had to put in everything. I mean, he hasn't showed the whole kid in caboodle. Yep. That bodes well because all these coaches look at tape. They, they're looking to see tendencies, what we're doing in this situation. And quite frankly, right now, we haven't had to show too much. I think yep. uh, there's a lot to game plan for against us. Right. And, uh, you know, I think, I, I think Coach Norton knows the season starts on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> the district season yep. starts on Friday. And I, again, I, always excited to see what we bring to the table. Well, I don't think we're going to be the only ones that are excited about this Friday because Tipton has lost four straight to West Liberty. Oh, right. And they have knocked us out of the playoffs um, yep. a number of times here. Yep. And we've had to watch them go to the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, they're a team that, just pesky enough that we just always struggle with them, especially on the road. They get to come here. But the 2015 is the last time we've actually beat West Liberty. So they are due. That yeah. should give us plenty of motivation to say no more that stops here. And yeah. they're obviously going to be excited because it's their first district game. They're coming off of a, a big win against exactly. uh, West Burlington. And quite frankly, uh, they see us as 3-0, and a team that they've beat the last – 
five times, they, they're saying, let's go. Let's go ahead and Absolutely. Again, so you know West Liberty's going to have confidence coming into this. Yeah. Um, they, they've had the win now. They've tasted it. Um, they, it. I know you watched that West Burlington team on tape that they just beat. Um, it, this should be a more formidable opponent than we saw in Mount Pleasant. Should so they, they beat West Burlington 27-7. to So um, West Burlington played Mount Pleasant um, – is pretty much the same score. So we're looking at, you know, that's very sure. tough to look at, but it, it definitely it's, bodes that it's going to be a v, pretty evenly matched game here absolutely. in terms of in terms of talent and, and how we match up. And I don't think emotions are going to have to, uh, you know, we, we don't need to be built up for this. Like you said, no. this is a team that's beat us enough. It's a border team. We're really close to West Liberty. Week one of districts. Yeah, week one of districts. This, again, the, the real season starts right now. Um, I think we'll come to play. And this is the first game we're going to face where we have – some opponent that's about our same size as well. So we're, we're not seeing the 260 offensive linemen. Um, right. Yeah. Very similar size team. Watch just brief amount of tape on them. It's a very balanced team. Um, this is going to be the first game we've seen that has a capable quarterback. And okay. he is very capable. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with him. Um, Riker Dengler, number 11. He's a junior. I'll tell you, he he throws a lot of different balls, balls that are on the run, in the pocket, deep balls. He'll throw screen passes. He can do a lot of different things with his arm um, that we have not seen at all this year. So we're going to have to kind of change it up a little bit. Our, our D-backs and safeties and linebackers are going to have to do a little bit more in coverage this week. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very balanced, 79 passes, 72 rushes. Oh, wow. So they're, they're, okay. they're going to do a little bit of both. And so we're going to have to show that we're, we can defend the pass. We haven't had to do that for our first three games. At yeah, all. our first three games, our secondary has been able to come up and help, help us with the run. And it, there is a, a miniature concern then coming into this because there have been a couple times when we've been so eager to get to that line and, and bottle that up because we've had to that we have gotten burnt deep a little bit. Yep. Um, they never turned into anything, bad throws or whatever. But it is one of those things where we're going to have to make sure that Preston and, and Griffin, who's playing our other corner? can't remember where the corner is. But – stays back, covers their deep third, um, or wherever we're playing, and just not get beat deep. Because I think this guy, the way he sounds, could probably make this throw. Yeah, so he, he likes, he's got two receivers he likes to throw to. Number 12, Seth, Seth Axum. He's got 18 catches for 166 yards. And then his main target, Jace uh, McHugh. He's got 261 yards. He's their leading uh, yards reception and he's got 18 catches so those are the two we're gonna have to keep an eye on because he likes to go that way with both of those guys so absolutely um, okay definitely definitely a a team that likes to mix it up i don't i think they know they're not just gonna march it down our throat so they're gonna try to do some trickery they're gonna try to do some screen plays they're gonna do some crossing routes some deep passes to try to catch us off balance but the, the quarterback is definitely capable um, if we're not prepared, he will beat us if with his arm, and we're not well, prepared for that. Well, and uh, I talked about our edges, you know, Peyton and, and Bodeker and whoever else we have playing on the edge on Friday night. They're so good at containing. I think they're also going to need to be good at rush uh, this week. So I think the best way to really work and beat a quarterback like that is put them under pressure, yeah. um, get them thrown off balance, and uh, make them make the tough throws. So on defensive side, Coach Nord. Um, He's going to see a very aggressive defense. They, they a lot of times will run a. Uh, it looks to me like a, a five-two, where they have three defensive linemen down and two on the edge that are standing up. Mm-hmm. And they're basically just trying to stop the run. Uh, they're they're collapsing all gaps. The two linebackers are there. 
They run, they sit in man pretty much the whole game from what I can see, the one game that I watched. Um, the one thing they're susceptible to, if you can get past that first line, big plays can happen because they're just they're, hoping they're to all, kind of bundle you up at the line. They're all the And they, they're aggressive. They're coming. They're, they're going to gang tackle you. They're just like us on defense. Um, they don't have a lot of size, but they definitely are aggressive. Um, i guessing they have some wrestlers in the room there at, at West Liberty. Absolutely. And it's one of those, if you can get past that first line of defense, there's a lot to be had because those secondaries seem like they over-pursued or overran it, and there's some big plays to happen there. Yeah, I would think that, uh, again, Coach Norton and the coaching staff are probably pretty excited when they see a man coverage against our skill. So, again, it's hard to match up to Gr- Griffin's speed. It's really hard to match up to Zach Benz's height. And it's hard to match up to Jacob Bodeker's hands. And so, like, one-on-one opportunities, uh, man-on-man opportunities, um, if Ian can get him the ball, I think we can make some big plays. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this is what they ran the first three weeks. They might look at our tape and say, I don't think we can do a man. Maybe we're going to have to do a, a too high over Naderman and, and basically say you're not going to get over top with us. And Which is fine. Let's, yeah. let's, let's take 10 to 20-yard yep. chunks all day long. I'm, I'm good with that. No, but I see I see this being a, a very close contest. Obviously, we have the advantage being at home. Um, we've got some some bragging rights that we need to get back with these guys losing five straight to them. And I think I think when you look at it, it's really going to come down to some big plays, penalties, um, turnovers are always always big in these type of situations. I think it's going to be one of those knock them out, drag them out. This is going to be one of those in the fourth quarter. You're going to see this game can go either way depending on depending on who, who makes a big play. And hopefully we're 100% wrong. We just win 35-7 to 7 again. We'll have to see. I'll take that. I'll <laughs> we'll have to take see that what happens. But sure. I, I think you're right. Like I said, this is a more evenly matched team for us. They look like us. They feel like us a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I think you're going to see a more capable opponent this weekend. Yeah, and I, I mean, in the first two weeks, they got rolled by Regina and Wilton. And, I mean, they got beat down pretty good. Those are um, good teams. So when I looked at those, <laughs> I thought, well, you know, this could be a, a nice, easy game. But after, after seeing them beat – West Burlington like they did that definitely gave me pause went back and watched that tape and I, I, I do see that they, they're making improvements and their kids I think are buying in and they're, they're improving as well so absolutely um, I can't go without talking about their punter well Clint. of course of course <laughs> what I love is this is the first time I usually hear these stats too so I need punting stats so Let's hear it. 34 yards per punt um, okay. I only had two punts so they must not have all the stats in there but the punts that I've seen, the kickoffs I've seen, they've lacked a little bit. So there's there's definitely a room that we can maybe get a nice field position or, or take a good return. Hey, there's three phases to the game. There's offense, defense, and special teams. And honestly, I feel like the special team side, we've won or have been able to win the first three games. Yep. And it's an important phase of the game. So so 7 o'clock at Diedrichson Field. I will not be there this week, unfortunately. I'm going down to Columbia, Missouri to watch my nephew play, Kansas State. Go Wildcats, but uh, I will be watching it. Uh, hopefully it's on YouTube. I believe it will be for those of you that cannot make it. Um, go to the school's YouTube page, and they'll be live streaming that. Which I've heard is super crystal clear. Like, awesome. like Everyone that's watched it online has said the, the picture quality is amazing, so that should be good for you. That but is good. No, I, I plan to be there Friday night, 7 o'clock. Awesome. I'm excited about it. Well, what I'm excited about now is we've got Coach Nord in the studio and we're going to pick his brain about the start of the season. It's been a couple of weeks since we talked with him. Interview number two. And let's uh, let's kind of figure out what we're going to do this week.
we ready to interview Coach Nord. Coach Nord, welcome in the studio. How's it going? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me again. You bet. I didn't know if you'd come back. It must be that you're 3-0 after, in the, since we've started this podcast, 3-0. It's been pretty nice. Yeah, I just, I've, I've been, I'm not going to make any bets this time. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. God. Tell, tell me, point. before we get into this, yeah, so Coach Nord bet that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs would beat the Detroit Lions. That did not happen. <laughs> and he was forced to wear an authentic Barry Sanders jersey to school this past Monday. Tell me about that. How did, what the students get? They give, give it to you pretty good. There were a lot of people that maybe were confused on what fan I was. They were like, <laughs> they kept telling me how good of a game it was, and I didn't need to hear about it. They're like, congratulations. Yeah, it was bad. But it's been a long time since I've lost a bet to a Lions fan. Wow, That's, right? You don't really. That doesn't happen much. Are there not, there's nothing I can say to that. Are, are there pictures? <laughs> there get, are pictures. You did, you did get a couple pictures that yeah. were floating around in school. I think. Okay, so. good. It, it did happen, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, sure. But no, you've got to be uh, pretty excited week three and you haven't lost a football game. Um, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, districts start now. So this really is our real season. All those games were fun and exciting and what we wanted, but they're kind of meaningless. Um, tell us kind of your thoughts on the first three games and uh, where we're kind of sitting going into districts. Uh, yeah, those for the first three are just like what you'd said. It's a it's an opportunity for us to kind of work on ourselves, make sure that we're we're where we want to be, doing some of the things you know that we've been working on through the summer, and and yeah, technically the wins and losses don't really matter, but I think for us and where where we've been as a program, the, these were really good for us. Absolutely, yeah, I mean they're. To be three and zero after the last couple seasons that we've had, it's just I think it's brought the community together. It's brought the team together, and you can see it up in the stands. I mean, it, that thing was full on Friday night, and it was exciting. And it's it's the kind of brand of football that we kind of were used to seeing, and it's what we're back to seeing. And I hope that culture just trickles down. We haven't talked about them yet, but your JV team's three and zero as well. Fresh Soft is three and zero. Yep. So I mean, we're, we're nine and zero as a program. Yep. I mean that. That is where you build it off of. Obviously, competition ramps up, but that is exactly what we want to see to start the season. Yeah, they're, they're, the young kids are paying a lot of attention to what happens on the you know Friday nights too, and they carry that over onto their Monday or Tuesday night games that they're having. It's, it's been going really well. Hey, Coach, I think one of the things that like has impressed me the most over the first three weeks, I talked a little about early in the podcast, is your defense. Your defense is stout. You know, number three in class 2A right now in points allowed at about five. Was this something you saw in your defense? And also, how much input do you have? Or do you just let Coach Ormsby just run with this one? Well, Coach Coach Ormsby and Coach Bolger are uh, working really hard. They've done a lot of, of, you know, analyzing data and all that kind of stuff that they do, either for us or, you know, the teams that would go against us kind of thing. So, they they put in a lot of time for it. Um, it is it is the defense that I brought with me, and they've kind of taken it and ran. To say that we were expecting this is would maybe be a little bit of a lie, but we knew with the athletes that we had that we were very capable of doing this. And you know the 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 guys the years you know two previous years I think we we had some athletes there, but I think as a as a whole, what our guys have done in the last five or six months in the weight room has really made defense. Um, easier for them actually because they're just stronger and they can tackle better. Well, what I think is impressive, you're 100% right in the weight room. We're going against usually bigger offensive lines. In fact, the last couple times they've been bigger offensive lines. 
And I feel like we've out-muscled them in the box, which has just been, again, a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I, I know that it didn't just start this year, but, you know, Coach Glubka's weight program this fall, you can see it coming through on these boys. Yep, and that we, I mean, we just look, we look like a different bunch of guys in our uniforms. And you, there's always that, you know, you know, uh, saying is what what your guys look like getting off the bus. Sometimes they don't; it doesn't carry over <clears throat> right to the field. But I think we're kind of both. We're we've got some good looking guys that are you know that have hit the weight room pretty hard in there, and it's it's really benefiting them now on Friday nights. So not only the weights, we're, we're obviously stronger. You can see that up front. I mean, these we're giving up a hundred pounds against some of these linemen, and and we're holding our own. Injuries. I mean, we haven't really talked. I'm going to knock on some wood. Go ahead, everyone, and knock some wood. But uh, we've been relatively healthy. Obviously, Aiden went down. We talked about that early on the podcast. Um, unfortunate injury. But normally by week three, you've got those sprained ankles, those nicks and nicks that, you know, sometimes will keep you out of games. We've been lucky like that, and I think part of it has to be with our, our weight program and getting stronger as well. I agree. Our strength and conditioning has been a, a great, good improvement for us. So hopefully the young listeners and the young players see that and, and can buy into that because it, right now what you're doing is, is important, but it's the off-season that gets you to this point where you're at. And the summer is just – it's it's a necessity if you want to be a good football team. And I think that's where the culture is going to start is in that weight room and it trickles down because this is the easy part right now. This is, this is the fun stuff and all the results come from it and we're starting to see it. So obviously great. We talked about the defense. I'm going to stay on it a little bit longer. We haven't really faced a team that's thrown the ball yet. Um, the first three weeks have been exclusively running, run first teams, um, kind of muscle it down our, our throat. This team likes to throw it a little bit. They're about 50-50 on passing, and they'll throw it deep. They'll throw the screen passes. They like to do some trick stuff. Um, game plan-wise, does that change anything from your defense, or is it just kind of keying in on, on different things with the defense? Uh, it just, you know, it's, we spent a little bit more time this week so far doing a, a little more seven on seven stuff and, and working on some of the past looks that we get so we can jump routes and, and figure out what's going on. Um, but no, we'll, we'll still run our, our, everything will be the same as far as our defensive play cards will go. Uh, as, as the game gets going, we'll feel the flow and feel, you know, what maybe some blitzes will have to change and, and figure out our coverages too. But, um, with three, first three games, I think we lead. Uh, at least lead our, our class 2A in interceptions right now. So I, I, we've got some ball hawks back there that uh, that'll really get after it. And they, you know, good instincts, uh, the uh, nose for the ball, they get it, they get it, and I think they fight for it and win. Yeah, and Preston, I mean, Preston's tied for first in 2A with three picks. So, I mean, and we've got a number of other ones with two and two and one interceptions. So it's one of those, they're going to have to be careful when they throw the ball up because we've got guys that can go get it and that's certainly excited. So you, we talked earlier, we are top eight in 2A in scoring offense, and it's a well-balanced offense. We've got pretty much even with, with passing and rushing. I think the big thing that's different this year that we've just not had in past years is our rushing. We've been able to move the ball using our legs. In past years, it just felt like we were always in third and long. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, second and eights. Just distances that put us in tough spots to pick up those first downs. And have, forcing us to throw the ball when the defense knew it was coming. Talk to us about kind of how we've matured with our running game and how that's been kind of the focal point here early on. Uh, it's, it's all based around our, our, our front five. Those our, our line is, is has worked really hard and, and continue to work hard uh, to master their craft. Uh, and all the credit goes to uh, Coach Bolger and Coach Cox. They're the ones that are that are working with those guys uh, day in and day out. And 
and they're taking pride in being able to do that. And it's, you know, it's something that has been called out for the last couple of years and they decided it was, it was time to put a stop to it. And they've, you know, they, they get off the line, they enjoy, you know, pancakes and all that other stuff that, that goes along with it, with the unsung heroes kind of thing. And I don't know, they, I, it really does show because we can, we can get a lot of first downs just by running the ball over and over again and we're not in bad situations and then it leaves the play callers a little, you know, gives us a little bit of a chance to, to play around with what we got to do. On and it keeps the defense off the field as well, which is the big thing I think is we've controlled the, the uh, line of scrimmage and we've controlled the, the ball basically throughout the games. And, and, and Coach, I don't know if you heard our episode one podcast, but I kind of called out the offensive line. I said they're kind of a my mystery, my mystery card. How are we going to show up on the offensive line? And, and that evening – Cole Kime let me know that he heard and wanted to make sure that I was watching against Eliza Muscatine. And I love how he took that personal. I, that's what you want out of a senior leader like Cole. And I'll tell you what, it does seem like they've just taken a lot of pride in what they're doing going against bigger defensive lines and honestly been able to push them around. So obviously we're not going to get into too much game plan here, but for our, our listeners that are going out to the game on Friday night, supposed to be another beautiful night so hopefully we can make it out um give us kind of a preview of kind of maybe west liberty's defense what you're seeing on tape and kind of what we're hoping to achieve that'll create a successful evening and come out with a dub uh yeah they've they've shown a couple of different looks in lot in the, the the three previous games that they've played so we're gonna you know it'll be kind of on friday night have to figure out what they're going to try to do against us what they're going to give us what they're going to take away from us and and we've been working on that this week too is being able to adjust have counter action you know stuff to whatever they might throw at us um i i don't think we're going to change our game plan a ton but our plays are all set up kind of to be able to you know hit you in a bunch of different places and what the you know Vinton we we went after we threw it over the top to naderman a lot but that's going to now it's going to open up a lot of other stuff too and to be honest, even knowing, knowing that he's out there, sometimes you still can't stop it. So, like, I think we have a lot of different weapons, and we can go a lot of different ways. So we just kind of, you know, scratch where it itches kind of thing. If they're going to give us something, we'll take it. Yeah, and we haven't really I – mean, I'm sure you haven't, you know, gone through the whole playbook here. You, you haven't needed to. There's a lot more plays to be had there, and I'm excited to kind of see what wrinkles we have this week and and uh, show West Liberty what we got. So we're excited. I know you're excited. Um Hopefully the boys are ready to uh, get the Brighton rights back. And uh, this is probably our shortest distance from a team that will play all year, correct, West Liberty? Yeah, this is mm-hmm. a close one. And this is a team that we're going to probably be facing for the near future because they're they're the one two-way team that's going to be locked into two-way and, and uh, they're going to have that beautiful field. So I have a feeling we're going to be facing these guys for the next decade pretty much every year. So um, looking forward to starting that win streak this week and uh, being 1-0 in the, in the district. And uh, thank you very much, Coach Nord, for being on. Thanks. Any last comments? Thanks, Coach. Really appreciate it. You guys have been fun to watch this year. Keep them up. Can't wait to start district play. Thanks for doing this, guys. This is really fun. I think it's, it's something that another thing that's just bringing in the community in with the excitement for everything. You bet. Absolutely. Love it. All right, Clint. Wonderful having Coach Nord on. Um, hopefully we can keep doing that, get his opinion. I think the listeners enjoy hearing his side of things, because um, sometimes you're just curious what, what, what the coach's thoughts he, he are. He knows more about it than we do. Absolutely. That's all I know. Yep. So, yeah. So, what? Uh, it's been a quick week, but have you learned anything? So, I, I have. I, um, I, I'm doing a dry September. What you is know, that? It's, it's a no-alcohol September. Just oh. the, 
just a just a little just a little reset. You started that during football season. I know. I know. Well, it was like there's no good time. There's no good season to take thirty days off. Um, but so February. <laughs> but I'm, that's a good point. Sure. Um, so next year, next year's a leap year. So right. we won't work. But I love a good bourbon, right? So there actually is a non-alcoholic bourbon called oh. Kentucky Seventy Four. Don't I, worry, I didn't order it, but I'm drinking a Lagunitas a IPA and a non-alcoholic Lagunitas. Man, you're going all out. But what I learned is that there is a non-alcoholic bourbon that exists in this world. I so. did not know that. Um, I'm guessing their sales struggle a little bit. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that there is one for, for you non-alcoholic September folks out there. I, I, um, I, what I, is this for? What are, you, what are you trying to achieve here? I have a study group that's doing it. but uh, Study I, group? I didn't do it, that. It's just a, it's college, just a, I didn't even have a study it's group. A, it's, a, I think, a liver reset for all of us. That's all it. Right. Maybe that is a good thing. That's <laughs> not a bad thing. Can't Maybe be I bad. Well, I am not on that. So October 1st is coming. Okay. That's all I know. All right. <laughs> um, what I learned this week... Um, Pretty interesting. So went to uh, obviously the the game on Friday. Um, they're letting the kids kind of do football and stuff around the the concession stand and up through the tennis courts, which is nice because the kids like to run around. They like to play football. Mm-hmm. Where it does get a little troublesome is sometimes you get a little bit. There's some squirreliness that happens. Um, I guess there's a lot of commotion going on back there, and there might have been a fight. Um, police officer got involved. Um, not, trying to get too in depth with the actual situation. But when you're a police officer, you're thinking, I'm going to the football game to watch the football game. Maybe you have a hot dog. So I was kind of chuckling with with the the police officer. I bet you didn't think you're going to have to do that. Well, come Monday, uh, the JV game, um, there was a situation where uh, Mount Pleasant fan was not happy. Um, Basically yelled out. It was very silent. It wasn't like a varsity game. Very very quiet in the the stadium. Sure. And he decided he was going to, not be happy with the call, and he was going to yell out across the stadium and say some words that he shouldn't have. Um, I think I think the exact quote was, "Hey ref, stick the whistle up your blank," which then caused the ref to stop the game and kick him out of the game. Oh my god! Well, he was not wanting to leave the game. A JV game. JV game, um, which the game was almost over. Tiffany's going to win it. Um, the police officer again had to go across the field, walk across the field, and remove him back to his car. Um, so I learned that the police presence is needed, I guess, at these football games. I didn't think they were, they were going to be needed, but more, more so than the ambulance, apparently. But they are so. <laughs> Touche, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So let's talk about. There are some other sports going on in Tipton besides football, even though right now that's what it feels like. Is football is the only show in town? But there are other yep. other events. Um, Tipton uh, Cross Country, which I've been to all the cross country meets because I have a daughter on the team. Um, they've they've kind of fluctuated from their preseason ranked third. Um, they had a tough kickers. The girls had a tough kickers meet, um, dropped down to fifth. Um, and then this past meet in Monticello on Saturday had a, some really nice times, some personal records pretty much across the board. Um, beat a beat a Denver team that was ranked ahead of them, oh. and so now they're ranked fourth. The one problem is in the same meet we had Mount uh, Mid Prairie and Monticello we both had the same meet, so we had the first ranked, second ranked, excuse me, first ranked, third ranked, fourth ranked, fifth ranked teams all at the same meet. And what were we? We're we were we were fifth. We yeah, were fifth. So we were there okay. as well. Um, so it was a great time to kind of see. Okay, this is what's going on. The hard part is you got all your toughest teams are right loaded right into your district. So 
Um, you're racing against them. I think it can only be good for it's, state. It's the reason Tipton is a great cross-country school is because we, we genuinely run against the best yes. of the state over here all the time. Yeah, so they, they did a nice job. Like I said, they had personal best. We go to a very tough course tomorrow. The cross-country team does the Cascade. Fillmore. I haven't been there, but I've been told it's it's basically the Bix. The whole, the whole way awful. is just running it's up a hill. So. Is there any downhills? You've been I mean, eventually you have to come back down, but I think you start on an up and you end on an up. So... It's it's brutal. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, the boys on the boys' side, um, they've had some nice individual performances. I think as a team, they've been a little disappointed just because there's been some gaps. Obviously, Clay Bowman is, again, our, our, our lead returner. Yeah. He's had some nice runs. Finding that second, um, I know Andy Shoemaker at the last meet, he was sick. You could tell he was dehydrated. Yeah, just he cramped, wasn't cramped up, I heard. Cramped so, up. And, yeah. So he kind of fell back. And then... Um, um, Caleb was was right there, so I mean the kids are running really well. The boys are. Um, we just kind of have to keep moving up and keep getting better. Because again, I think, again, finding that fourth and fifth runner, yeah. uh, moving up that fourth and fifth runner is going to be really really important on the boys team. So I haven't followed cross country in my life very much. It's usually football, but coming okay. to these meets, I tell you the the on the boys and girls size, but especially on the boys side, there is just some talented runners. Oh my God. For Clay to finish Amazing. fifth in anything the way he's running. Agreed. I just I'm I'm shocked when I see it that there's people beating us. I mean, agreed. I, I remember watching back in the days when Caleb Shoemaker was running, and obviously he's one of the best I've ever seen runs in college now. And to see teams have competition that could stay with him and sometimes yeah. beat him, also I'm like, this is. But like I said, this is who we run against at Tipton. That's why we're that good. The east side of the state just produces great runners. Yep. So we've got to meet Fillmore. Um, let's talk about uh, volleyball. You've been going a couple of weeks. Been, been going a couple of volleyball games. Had a huge win last night at Cal Wheat, uh, a five-game uh, or a five-set win at Cal Wheat last night. I know Avery Collander. So, yeah, there's been all kinds record, of records here. School record, 34 kills in a game, which beat Summer, Summer Daniel Daniels. And, and, or someone before. What were saying, I think, was the other one. Okay. I, what, Christy. Was, that, was it 31? I think they had 31. Back in the 1900s, she had that. <laughs> she had back like in the previous century. Okay. <laughs> well, so, but, but yeah, I mean, so. Eight, that was a game or a season? One game. That was one game. That was a 34, yeah, that was a 34 kill game. So, but again, it went five sets. So she had all sets to get it done. But that was, uh, again, when you're, when you're starting to get compared or we're starting to break records from Summer Daniel, it's a pretty good sign. But our volleyball team, even when they have lost, they have played really competitive. I know the Wilton level. game, we took them down the wire, and that was not supposed to happen. We, they we were supposed to take us close. 3-0, and we took them to five games. Um, I think they won the first two, then we won the next two, and then they took the fifth. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, our volleyball team, if you have not been out to watch our volleyball team, this is a really fun senior-heavy team to watch. Um, now, the, the only really, like I said, there's a couple non-seniors, but the one you'll see the most is Pacey Sword and Fry fantastic volleyball player she is um, but you can tell these girls have played a ton of varsity level volleyball just because just like on football the senior class has had to play a lot of sports the girl i'm digging is carly langenberg <laughs> i think i saw something she's she's set some yeah she's got some yeah. 500 digs 700 digs 700 digs that makes sense it was 700 700 because i think avery's at 500 kills or over 500 kills right. and and at a tournament on Saturday. I mean, they're bringing these poster it. boards to every one of their matches because they just keep setting <laughs> exactly. new records or something. But, again, they're fun to watch. you get a chance to come watch a, a volleyball game, come watch them. They're really good. Awesome. And then um, anything on the uh, swimming team? Swimming team. Well, we just have a meet on – or we have one tomorrow. Is that Thursday? I think. Yep. Again, this is where we talk about Avery Collender again because Avery Collender is just a fantastic swimmer. 
um, kind of leads that team. She's a dual she's sport. She's our state participant. Yeah, she's our dual sporter in the fall. Um, so to be doing what she's doing both on the volleyball court and in the pool, um, she's busy. I know I've seen Megan Vandergast in there as well um, on some of those top finishes. And, uh, yeah, like I said, those those girls, I think they're now back in the Tipton pool. So if you got a chance to go are. up there, okay. um, we'll have to look up and see when they're there next so that we can come in and support them. So Absolutely. That'd be great. Hey, so Clint, one thing I did see, um, we haven't given any recognition to our uh, dance team, our cheerleaders. Obviously, they're out supporting the team. They've done a nice job. Um, I saw a banner on Friday night at the home yeah, game. Absolutely, ran, ran through, through. the banner. I was hoping we'd make it through. Fun. That tells you we've gotten stronger. That we ran we through it. No one tripped. No one got clotheslined by the banner. That's so good. That was good. <laughs> no, I, again, the uh, our cheerleaders, for one, we have a ton of cheerleaders out, which is great, yes. too. It's great to see that. They are getting our students involved. I, I loved uh, the energy they brought. Our students never sat down. They cheered with the cheerleaders all the time. That's great. And we're scoring a lot of points. And so our cheerleaders are having to do a lot of... Well, they're getting stronger. They're right? getting stronger. Like we're potentially too buff. So we're, well, we're you building know, too much muscle on the cheerleading This side. is This is actually, we forgot to talk about it in week one. Um, why is the Musket team, we scored the first touchdown, and they started doing push-ups. Yeah. And I think they realized pretty quick... It needed to move to jumping jacks because they weren't going to do 50, 50 uh, push-ups. But I, I think that needs to happen. I mean, the, the Oregon Duck does that, and I think they go out and recruit the strongest person on campus to do all the push-ups. So that's a, that, jumping jacks are a much more reasonable thing. Do you know who else is happy with the way our, our team's scoring right now, football team? Who's that? Our touchdown club members. They're actually getting announced this year. They are getting announced this year. You're for right. touchdown. So if you're looking for a sponsorship, I think this is the year to do it because we're putting up some points and your name's getting recognized because of it. So Absolutely. Get out there and support all of our Tigers this week. Um, you know, I think all the teams are having very successful years. I'm excited. we got homecoming at the end of the month here. And uh, we've got a lot to look forward to for the second half of the year. So get out there and support them and look forward to seeing you on Friday night. All right, let's close this thing out with our picks, Clint. Uh, right. Where are we at with the uh, from last week? So we are for the season time thirty four and fourteen. We both went eleven and six last week, Man. so we were tied last week. That was we even. Tied this that week. was even with the extra Detroit Lions pick. That, that was there. with the extra Detroit Lions pick. God. And you did call the under in the Iowa Iowa State game. That was so. I made some money on that. One. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> All right, so let's go through picks. First one, Anamosa Monticello. You go first. It's going to be my lock of the week, having looked at the other games, but uh, I'm going Monticello. I, I think that's a, that's a no-brainer for me. I have to go Monticello as well. They're too good. Northeast versus Comanche. It's a good game. Um, I'm going to stick with Northeast on that one. I'm going to go Comanche on that game. Good. I'm glad we have something different. Um, game of the week. Brock to you by Subway. Gets a lot of Brock to you by Subway. They really do. So You're Tipton, welcome, Chad Jevica. Tipton versus West Liberty. Honestly, if, if this was on some sort of a betting site, I, I'm guessing the line would be three and a half, maybe Tipton, just because we've shown success here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we're going to win this game. It's at home. The revenge factor is there. I just think we have a little bit better athletes. Um, Wesley lost quite a bit from last year. Lost one of their key players to West, West Branch. Um, I'm going Tipton. And are you going to go the plus 28 line again? Because you hit that on the money against my Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, I was <laughs> plus 28, and I did get that. Um, yeah, I, I would probably put this one at plus 21. Perfect. I'm going down. I got you written down. I've got Tipton as well. Obviously, I think we we, we have the, the guns to handle this game and, and to beat up on West Liberty. Bellevue versus Clayton Ridge. 
I'm gonna. I'll pick first on this one. I'm gonna go Bellevue on this. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with Bellevue as well. They won big over North Cedar last week. Um, just don't know enough about Clayton Ridge, so I'm gonna stick with Bellevue as well. Maquoketa Valley versus Postville. I think Maquoketa Valley got beat. They got beat last week. The guy, I, I, I can't. I still can't remember his name. He put up 370 yards against North Cedar, rushing. Jeez. He's unbelievable. <laughs> So I gotta go Mac Valley. I'm going Mac. I already had it written down as well for myself. Mac Valley, Northland versus North Cedar, and North Cedar's had a tough year so far. Northland's coming off a win last week. I'm gonna go Northland. Give me Northland as well. Sorry to be another Gomer pick, but you're good. I'm gonna go with them. Ooh, another West Branch uh, at Cascade. So I'm gonna go with West Branch. I think uh, they're coming off a big victory, their first of the year. When when have we ever had it where Tipton's 3-0 and West Branch has a losing record? I know. The last know. time has got to be in the 80s. I know. I God, just, we're all the same. I'm going to go West Branch as well on this game. Um, now let's go Central College versus Co-College. I said I'm going Central College all year. I'm sticking with Central College. Well, Central's pretty darn good this year anyway, <laughs> so I'm going to go Central as well. Um, even though we have, uh, we have a Tipton alum at Co., uh, isn't uh, Nearham still a co, right? Yeah. Idaho State versus UNI. So I did find out that Utah State put up 70-some points against Idaho State. Utah State that we beat, or really? you know, played close. So tells me that Utah State is actually pretty good. I'm going Northern Iowa. All right. You and I, I am I'm going to go Idaho State just because I've seen some stuff on you and I. I just don't, I'm not all that impressed. Okay. Um, Iowa versus Western Michigan. I'm going Iowa. I'm I mean, it's, it's plus 28, um, I think, on the game, and, and they're going to dominate them. i got to go Iowa as well. Ohio versus Iowa State. So this line is only three. It is? Yeah. Um, I'm still going Did Iowa. you see Coach Campbell said this will be the best quarterback they've faced all year? Ooh. That's kind of a diss. Dang. Cade McNamara here? Sorry about that, Cyclone fans. Sorry wow. to <laughs> knock you off in your home, home game. Wow. But uh, I, will go, I will go Iowa State. Uh, Give them a little bit of sympathy after getting beat down by the Hawkeyes at home. I got ISU on this one as well. Florida versus Tennessee. It's a good game. Um, Have you seen Tennessee's quarterback? He can throw a ball 105 yards in the air. (laughs) I'm a massive believer in Tennessee. I've been for the last two years. So I'm going to go Tennessee. Tennessee as well. All right. And the Bucks versus the Bears. NFL now. Well, how those Bears look? I know, cool I know what you're going to do. I'm going. I thought, I thought Justin Fields looked pretty good. All the hype that I heard about him, I thought he looked <laughs> phenomenal. Actually, like, he looks better than Joe Burrow. <laughs> so oh, I'm going to go Bears. I think you're going to go Bucks. I assume. Um, Baker, no. right? you know what? I'm going Bears. Oh my goodness, I like this. I got right. They at least won a game. All right, uh, Falcons pack. So the Falcons look pretty show. good. Um, their offense is is much improved. But the Packers' defense, man, they were lights out. I'm going to go with Packers. All right. I'm going to go Falcons on that one. Rams versus 49ers, the Kittle show. Yeah. uh, The Rams won big against Seattle this past week. Um, Don't know where this game is at, but I think the 49ers are just an all-around better team, so I'm going to go with uh, the 49ers. I'm doing the exact same. And the final game, Patriots versus Dolphins. Mm. It's a great game. Matt Jones actually played pretty well. So the Dolphins' offense is maybe the best in, in the league, but their defense is not good. So, 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 so with Matt Jones playing so well, Dolphins' offense being studly. I'll let you, you pick you, this you one. You take the first. over on this one. Um, Definitely take the over, yeah. 
I'm taking Patriots. Good, because I'll take the Dolphins. Perfect. All right, that'll conclude this week's episode. We are reminded that it's not just about touchdowns and tackles, but the stories, the spirit, and the shared love for the game. Whether you're cheering from the stands or listening from afar, remember, every play, every whistle, every cheer binds us together. Until next time, keep the passion alive and the football spirit burning. Stay safe and stay tuned, pigskin fans. Go Tigers!